Where's them? Mr. D'Antonio. Your evening has been colorful, I see. Seeking safe harbor, I presume. I want his membership revoked now. In the eyes of this institution, Mr. Wick has breached no legality. Then you know that I have the right to demand of Nothing. Me. You demand nothing of me, Mr. D'Antonio. This kingdom is mine and mine alone. All right. Then enjoy your kingdom, Winston, where you'll still can. And you, its privileges, sir. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is episode 172 of Do You Expect Us to Talk? We are back, baby. I'm Becca and joined by my fellow co hosts Dave and Chris. How are you? I'm feeling evening, very folks. cooped up at the moment as we're as whole world's on lockdown. All it is a bit stir crazy at the moment, but thank you so much for waiting, everybody. We are back. We'll try to bring you a little bit of levity and movie magic whilst all the cinemas are shut. Yeah, and not only that, Chris works on a COVID nineteen ward at the moment, so we're we're going to make all of these like a Chris memorial show. Just <laughs> he's currently behind plastic sheeting. Do you remember when Chris made that joke about buckaroo? <laughs> you know that sort of thing. <laughs> I sincerely hope he doesn't leave us during this course. Oh my gosh. Uh, <coughs> sorry yeah. they also works for NHS so I'll just give a round of applause for you guys uh, I, do, I don't fall wait, into wait, the wait, do you expose where I work Becca <laughs> well you are exactly te- well, you are both technically key workers aren't you so congratulations uh, guys. yeah but I'm not, I'm not a clinician so um, if anything you're a, a key lot worker we are working from home um, that's good though but you're still doing both been so. redeployed um and we're yeah we're, it's just it it's awkward because we've just never been in this situation before at least on a ward you're going to do what a ward does um but I, I work in sort of a commissioning group which is just we're, we're just figuring out as we go along at the moment and a lot of our standard stuff has been um uh, basically put on hold you know we're redeployed to other things and um on a personal note, I live alone, so yeah, I haven't seen and outside of a shopkeeper. I've not had a face-to-face conversation with like another person in quite a few weeks now. Now the rest, well, we're all just kind of getting used to that, aren't we? As well, from mm. you know, if if you have job, where you're working for the people, whether you're working from home or whether you're working out in the community, it's very strange times all around. Um, but I say it's thanks to people like yourselves, you know, keep working hard every day and keeping us going during this very very strange time. Um, so yeah, listeners, if you're there, give them a round of applause. Thank you so much. Are you one of those ones who give a round of applause to like NHS workers at eight eight at PM when they're like, returning? Wherever I go, I'm one of those. I'm one of those weirdos where if I'm volunteering in the community, picking up a prescription or whatever, obviously staying two meters apart from everybody, I'll be like, yeah, nurse, and, you know, any nurses or whatever, or people who rush past and being profusely thankful for. All the people who, you know who work in the chemists and do all the, you know do all the important jobs. But, but what if they're so... bad at their job though, Becca? Like, <laughs> well, they don't really have the medication half the time. So. I queued no, for a, I, I queued for an hour outside my doctor's surgery because there's something about Cornwall that wasn't the case in Plymouth that 
and it is in some places of the country and not others but no, yeah, a lot but of the really a lot of the a lot of the doctor's surgeries here the the, the pharmacist is within the doctor's surgery mm-hmm. um and i queued they're not letting anyone in who doesn't have no, to be let in yeah, so you're well. you're you're queuing sort of snaked around the road basically yeah and i queued for an hour to get to to get spoken to and all the rest of it and when they came out and said it's not be ready till next week and <laughs> that's it, always the way though isn't it it's typical but I, I mean, it when, when i put it in when i put it in i just said uh when i put the prescription that is in i mean listeners um i said <laughs> I, put, I, put, I put a little note on yeah i overreacted yeah, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't mean it's caught yeah um it doesn't mean it's one time i did say i will turn up for this on friday unless you tell me different but they're just overrun i left the normal sort of time but they're overrun it's nothing you can do yeah, about it. no that's always how it goes i mean our, our, you know the poor pharmacist literally i think he's the one-man band at the moment that's right next to our well we've got luckily we've got two in salisbury but both such as the fact that they are kind of really overstretched with staff i think they open for a few hours in the morning and then you know four hours again in the afternoon and it's just it's not a complaint not complaining happy to do it it's just how things are at the moment perfectly fine i mean um, i'm probably calmer than i would normally have been i mean i'm not an aggressive person anyway but if i'd been made to wait for an hour in normal circumstances on the date i'm supposed to pick it up yeah it's a bit crazy say about it. but you just go you know you got these people coming out to speak to you covered in protective equipment they weren't clinicians anyway the ones coming out to us so when they were being asked questions they didn't know what to say people were asking for things like ibuprofen and there's a national shortage um and so you just have to say okay no problem i'll try next week yeah that's it. it's and just circumstantial isn't and, it so. and they almost look like they're gonna cry because they take one look at a big guy like me and think i'm gonna shout at them or something and it's just like you know you you've got enough to worry about at the moment <laughs> You know, it, it's not usual circumstances. Um, no, just, the world is upside down. I know, and the, the thing is, uh, there's still a lot of people flouting these conditions, which is not a good thing. No, like today's, um, today's address, I was quite worried. I kind of thought, oh, Matt Hancock would be like, um, don't go out. You know, this this is a strong emergency now coming into place. And I thought, oh, I'm kind of glad he didn't. Uh, I think that was just a shot across the bows this morning. He, he appeared on our health secretary in this country, for anyone not in this country, appeared on various breakfast. I think he was interviewed on like a breakfast show this morning. Mm. This morning being a Sunday before we release this. There's a politics interview show on a Sunday morning uh, with quite a well-known guy. He used to be the BBC political editor. And he was interviewed there and he made notes about he made noises about stopping the daily exercise. But it was a shot across the bows. It was kind of a, this is the punishment coming if you can't behave. So at no point did I think they were going to announce that today. But um, it's just awkward because the number of parks that, that are just full of people. And yeah, I go for a walk around here and everyone's observing. It's not too bad. Literally once somebody who was behind me, who I didn't know was behind me, walked past me on the pavement, almost brushing my shoulder. And that's the only time I've known anyone not sort of stick with it. No, likewise here as well. It's not been too bad. I mean, I've had to, you know, cross over the road to avoid somebody. Somebody's crossed over to avoid me. But a friend of mine um, was like walking, you know, her little, you know, little baby and, and a buggy and her dog as well. And people didn't avoid her. And it's just it depends on where you go. But I think largely, certainly in in my in my town, it's largely been okay. Um, I've done various experiments where I've gone out at different times during, you know, during the week to say oh, when's it the most busy or when's it least busy. 
really varies. Yeah. Um, it must be quite difficult for somebody in, in your profession, Chris, as well. I mean, are you able to kind of keep that distance or not really? Well, we just kind of... Well, this I mean, is turning we, into the, the, the core po- the podcast, uh, but never mind. I mean, uh, Chris it. is training in handing over a tissue at distance. It's now <laughs> Literally, he's using tongs in the bin, but it with fire. That was a joke I didn't expect to be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, um, Chris, go on. No, no, no. It's, it's uh, well, we're just, well, we're all just wearing, like, you know, masks and aprons every time we sort of go to, go see anyone, really. But um, yeah, did get, it, sort of did bar- get, extreme barrier now. Yeah, we did get politely reprimanded once uh, for like oh, really? for like for communing around the, uh, the the desk area, <laughs> you know, because like you know. Um... <laughs> but that, but that's like Where just staff. That's just staff, though, you know. So it's it is uh, like well, you it's, know. It's difficult, it's difficult in your setting, isn't it? Because uh, you know, there's kind of limited space, and you, you know, you're doing your best, and you you know, the PPE may, may be limited. So you're doing what you can. To, to be honest, you know, when you kind of work in more clinical areas, you just like, it, you know, I mean, this is kind of like the norm to an extent. You know, yeah, it's you like get on with it, don't you? It's, it's just business as usual. I mean, other than other than well, usual to a certain extent, but you know, it's like, all right, well, you know, that there's there's infections. Well, we got infection bays anyway, so <laughs> we just. Yeah. You know, we 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 just you need to get on with it, don't you? Really? Yeah, I think we just accept the fact that we're going to get we're going to get it. You know, to, to to a certain degree, we know we do our best, but and it's like, what can you do? We're just you know, in the place which is like where you're probably more likely to catch something more than anything. You yeah, know, that's we probably, you don't really want to go. We get exposure to all kinds of things, so it's like you're you not know, you're not. I'm I'm relatively in awe, but you're not as brave as the bravest key workers. I mean, those those people making sure you know in Sports Direct. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, my gosh, you're going to start it on him. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, put fifty percent on all these prices and said where they were key workers, basically because the word exercise got mentioned in the first lockdown. Oh. Yeah. I'm they mean trainers and stuff. I'm sure people don't need an emergency javelin at this point. Do they? No. Yeah. It's, 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 it's tricky though, isn't it? Because I, I some obviously you know if you work in sort of food produce or like supermarket, for example. Um, but no, sadly, well, one of my ex colleagues did work for for Sports Direct, and they were saying like how aggressive he was being at trying to, you know, lo- lobby for the fact that they are essential in in you know a yeah. bunny box. Um, and then another friend works for um, High Street um, news agent, like retailer, you know, which, which is fine, which is sort of like you know, news and that sort of thing. But it's like, is it an essential, per- you know, purchase? And she has underlying health issues. If she goes poorly, you know, what's what's going to happen? She and plus she's kind of of that age. She might, you know, nearing retirement anyway. So it's like you have to kind of weigh up the pros and cons and really think of think of your stuff. What is essential and what isn't? Well, the weather's been you know, there, there hasn't been any transmission in my pubs, and it's like. How would you know? Yeah, how would you even? I just. Oh. And then he, and then he, and then he put a video out to all his like employees with him enjoying a nice drink in his palatial house. Yeah, like, I saw that and was like, mm. uh, it's like what? Well, so uh, yeah, the, the the people I expected to be tone deaf, how over this have been incredibly predictable. Because if you'd said to me six months ago, laid out what's about to happen, and said. Which like high street presences are going to be dicks over this? I would have said Weatherspoon, Sports yep. Direct, possibly Richard Branson and Philip Green. Richard Branson's yeah. probably the shocker, actually. He he could afford to. Um, he sued the NHS last year. He sued the NHS last year. 
So he could afford to, to fund it out of his back pocket. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but only well, I don't know about I don't know. Well, probably, I, don't know. I know that's speaking of very broad brushstrokes, but you know he's kind of got that capital to to be able well, to do it, yeah. and it's just. It just frustrates me. I mean, I'm no fan of Richard Branson, particularly though Virgin are are pretty good in certain places. But I think in in his defence, and it is a very slight, like who knows kind of defence. I imagine running a a business like Virgin is like involves a lot of spinning plates, and to say like, oh, I've got I've got so many billion in the bank balance, so like, oh, I'll just I'll just pay that out. I d- I might don't not be that the answer. It's not that easy. No, you I appreciate it. Probably not that easy. Maths would, you know, if you paid everyone this for that long, you'd have to pay this much. I mean, yeah, yeah you don't yeah, no, know. No, I do get it. It's not well that enough. simple for sure. But he was very, very quick to tell it, start saying, right, you're going to have to work unpaid and things like that, or go unpaid and stuff like that. And it was just, and now he want, yeah, it's just, it's been depressingly predictable, actually. But the supermarkets have been amazing because they're yeah, been incredible over it. And so, you know, some of them are kind of paying their stuff like extra, like bonuses and that as well, which I think is fantastic. Well, just just sheer deliveries and stuff like that. I mean, you can't get that's one amazing. But you can't get one for weeks. But it's like the abuse they must be taking. That's I mean, the yeah, biggest, that's the most difficult jobs to do at the moment. The police had to attend the other day because the father and son turned up, one oh. in his fifties, one in his late twenties, racially abused the guard. You know, the security guard, and then when another member of staff went to get inv- inv- involved, they got decked for it. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry to hear um, that. No, that's not honest. Uh, you don't need it at times like this. Well, you don't need it at all. So, um, no, I'm sorry to hear that. That's just, awful. Just, just the stress around it all, it must be really tough. But, but no, you know, it's difficult. To keep, the, the logistics are trying to keep this country fed at the moment. It's crazy, but you know, everyone's kind of working full pelt. And I'd say when we did a did a shop at <laughs> Epic Tesco's, oh my gosh, I did feel for you know all the extra colleagues who had been kind of brought in and just trying to do the online shop for online customers. And there are quite a fair few. I mean, to be fair, like the majority of people in there is quite quite a big massive Tesco's. Also, there's like market demarcations on the on the floor, you know, showing arrows. It's like a one-way system. Obviously, trying to keep people you know within two meters apart of each other. Um, and, you know, a lot of staff just trying to do their jobs. A lot of customers, majority of them were were quite good about that. But the amount of people that we had going into the back of us and trying to basically just flout those rules and going the wrong way down the wrong way, wrong way system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just it's, it's not, not pretty, not pretty. I was talking to my uncle earlier. He said the biggest problem is, he said, because his Tesco's got a one-way system. I haven't been in a Tesco since this has happened. No, other supermarkets um, are available. But, but, but he said the problem is you, you follow this one-way system and then you realise you forgot something three hours. Oh, well, yeah, this is it, yeah. <laughs> he said, it's quite funny, though. Like, staff member was helping a lady in a wheelchair and she's like, oh, I just need to go down here. I just need to go down there. And it's like, no, you kind of got to follow the one-way system. And she, it's quite elderly lady, bless her. I don't think she quite understood. It's like, oh, I just need to pop down here. And, oh, I've just forgotten this. And it's like, no, we need to, you know... <laughs> It's it difficult. But... And just while we've been on here, the UK Prime Minister has been admitted to hospital. Oh, gosh. Oh, Boris. Uh, Precautionary step. They couldn't get his temperature. They can't get his temperature down. Yeah. There you go. Um, so, okay. yeah, that's that's where... I know we've not been talking about the film so far, folks, but that's... Anyway, uh, this is it, a... It's kind <laughs> of a moment podcast. in time, though, this, and it, it's not a bad thing to sort of capture what's what's been happening. It's really, it's really strange days. None of us have... In a funny old Chris time. Chris works in a hospital. It's different, but Becca, you, you're you've got you're living with family, aren't you, at the moment? Yeah, I'm with my mum right now. You've got people around. Um, 
Yeah, I ain't got anyone around at the minute. It's, no, it's, well, it's, it's difficult, it's, isn't it? I mean, because like, it's, it's, it's my dad's birthday coming up, I can't see him. And... Yeah, it's difficult for all of us for different reasons. And you're quite familiar with your mum as well, Dave, as well. So it must be difficult, you know, not being able to see her. But, yeah, she's you know, stressed, can... can't see me and stuff like that. Exactly, and uh, it's difficult. It must be difficult for you, Chris, as well, you know, if you're on the high-dependency ward. To, to, be, to be honest, uh, you know... Uh... You know, my, my, <laughs> or are you okay? It, it, I'm absolutely fine. I mean, I, usually I'm like about eight patients, so I'm looking after four. So, <laughs> well, that's easier for you. Isn't yeah. It? So it kind of feels like it almost feel you know saying this to, um, to someone. Else. Chris goes home and like pours himself a whiskey and toasts China every night. Like, this is bliss. Well, he says. Well, bliss. I mean, look, I, I can't speak for anywhere else because the NHS is a massive organisation and different departments sort of doing different things. All I can say All is. Different my job is so we say less stressful than it normally has been so <laughs> so yeah other, other than like sort of you know the gear up and everything every time you sort of want to see someone and then and, and you guarantee the the annoying thing is like you're just about to leave like just left the room and you're just like right see you later oh by the way can you just and you're like i'm gonna have to gown up again now <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so apart from it's that, it's a hassle, though, isn't it? But yeah. It's worth doing, so. But apart from that, it's not as bad, you know. It's it's. So almost... you, you sort of having to isolate at home, or not really? Well, you, everyone does to an extent, do don't they? I mean, yeah. obviously, I, I still go out for my, you know, my man, my uh, daily mandatory exercise. Yeah, exercise. It's <laughs> Disabled people desperately trying to walk. We, I can't believe we've got to do this. We've got to get out. Um, yeah, I, I, oh, don't, I don't think I've no, no, my my, my daily allowance. You've walked as much in your life. Like, and oh. then um, yeah, I just sort of. What made me laugh is there've been some mixed messages though, because what made me laugh is the, the police are in a difficult position uh, because they th- there's there's a gap between guidance and law. In that legally, the guidance is you can't drive somewhere to go for a walk. The law doesn't say that, so it's it puts them in a slightly difficult position. Well, there's the, kind of no guidance str- on like how far. Obviously, obviously, stay local. There's you know there's, there's the guidance, yeah. but there's kind of no say. Oh, you must drive within five miles. And or again, something. Some, so I've, I've heard people say you can only walk for an hour. No, Gove just said, well, I would have thought. You know, it was just a off the top of his head, really. Um, so it's not, oh Christ, I've been walking for 75 minutes, oh shit. And it's just not. It, it, but it, it, the strangest bit, ga- the strangest gap in advice was where they said, you shouldn't go out just to buy booze and, f- and cigarettes, right? Because they're not essential items. <laughs> and so that, they prompted might be. <laughs> a load, that, pro- that prompted a load of conversation back and forth on, well, what if I'm already out for a walk and stuff like that? Exactly, but they but you just, you just like buy a loaf of bread with it as well. Yeah, but yeah, it's a bit like when you go out for toilet roll and you buy something else as well, so people do, you don't don't think you literally needed a shit. <laughs> or, or, or or you just lie, don't you? Sort of say, well, I popped out some bread, didn't have any, but they had these, so <laughs> well, I've seen them already <laughs> out. Yeah. Well, I, I was hungry when I arrived, but now I fancy just polluting my lungs instead. <laughs> you know. But they've made off-licenses essential. So the shop is essential, and what it sells is not. Yeah, that's a bit strange, isn't it? I thought that was a bit very odd. <laughs> I think it probably depends upon how you class, like, you know, shop in terms of what it does, what it sells. It's hard, isn't it? 
Um, yeah, like obviously some some aspects are essential, and plus a, a lot of like corner shops and convenience shops are now doing finding themselves having to do like home deliveries like they never did before. So, so you know, it's kind I of mean, it's really kind of just putting that focus back on local, as, as you know, again as as daft as it might sound. I mean, I know it might be a bit pedantic here, but you could have like say the like the off license somewhere could be like one person's like local shop, and it does sell other stuff of just. Other than just like alcohol, but if you say no, no, I no um, off licenses, then that that, that yeah. shop will technically have to shut. I don't, that yeah, might sound a bit more off license, but you can't you can't buy booze or fags. We didn't have many off. We don't have many off licenses. Of, uh, not many have survived now. But if you go back like 15, 20 years, there were two or three different chains where you would find quite a few off licenses that literally just sold alcohol and some soft drinks i suppose uh mixers and so on and like tobacco products and that was it and that's what an off license is and they've been classed essential which is just bizarre can you imagine dying just to be selling people whiskey and stuff like mm-hmm. just bizarre it is, but there yeah, you go. so that's where we are at the moment um we ought to talk about a film now because we've just wasted loads <laughs> of COVID podcast. oh dear yeah, but I also think it's funny how like um, since we come now we now we're back we're back. Um, it would have been this probably the time we would have been talking about the new Bond, uh, had it been yeah. released. Um, we would have been recording it tonight. <laughs> yes, literally <laughs> tonight. Literally, we would have been recording it tonight. So, um... so what do you think about No Time to Die? Well, <laughs> I mean, we'll I tell mean, you in November. Yeah, well, it, it turned out it's been disappointing. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did. I mean, Bond didn't die. Oh, no. so um, yeah. So I remember, so way back when, when it was all just distant memory, when it got pushed back to November, and we were thinking, oh, what an overreaction. Well, it turned out, and it's probably, it's probably for the best because we probably would get it sooner than most of us movies now because yeah because most... the rescheduled ones yeah although well... black widow's only been rescheduled to something like the end no no that not that one sorry that's november yeah no there's another yeah, film that they pushed literally... is, is that going to clash with bond in, no. in the states no because um it it's later in the states anyway there's 19 days so it will be coming down from the sort of peak of its viewing by then okay because it, it's what... not because one of the it'll be that... doing third and fourth week grosses by that point. Okay. Um, so uh, here, I don't know, but normally we get Marvel films slightly earlier. So it could be a matter of a couple of weeks here. But Bond is bigger here than anywhere else. So I think that I think it should power through okay. Yeah. So, so I, I'm not too concerned about it. Because isn't the, the um... Isn't it the release date a bit later on for Bond in the States than it is over here? It's the 12th here and the 25th there. Oh, okay. And what, what's Whereas Black, that Widow's only, Black Widow's the 6th, but they've only announced North America. Okay. On the normal run of things, we'll get it on like the 29th or something of October or something. But right. then we're in a different world, so you don't know. But yeah. in, in the normal run of things, for whatever reason, we get a Marvel film like a week earlier than the United States. And we get Bond about a week or two earlier. And uh, then most other things we either get at the same time or later. Yeah, and now it's Top Gun's just, now been moved to... Top Gun, is the, Top Gun is the 23rd of December, which is not a usual release date here. I do wonder if we might get it in January. Yeah, I kind of wonder if it's going to be pushed back for, you know, pushed I, back I, until I, the new year for that one. No, I think Boxing Day. I think it's going to be a Boxing Day release. That would make sense, but I don't know if it's too big for Boxing Day. 
Boxing Day doesn't ever, it's never quite that big. But we'll say, yeah, Boxing Day would make sense. Uh, but, but, yeah. We'll but I was wondering, because of, because looking at the dates, that was going to come out the same, same time as uh, Tenet, the, the Chris Nolan film. That I haven't heard the, anything about that. Tenet, ha- yeah. That had the same no, release date. No, that's gone quiet. That had the same release date. Top Gun and Tenet had the same release date. I was like thinking, well, someone's got to change because I can't mm. imagine like two potential blocks. I mean, Tenet, uh, Tenet's holding its ground so far. Yeah. I don't think they've said anything. Um, but perhaps they just don't want to get down the game of announcing multiple different dates. Just like, let's just wait and see. Yeah, so... it's got towards the end of the summer, isn't it? So it's it could have like, it, summers could have reopened by that point. You, you don't know. Yeah. Could you? And, and of then... course, our, our next series has been slightly compromised. It would have been compromised anyway by the delay. We'd have probably had to do what we do with Car- Captain Marvel and actually record it relatively early in the series, the new film. But of course, the Fast franchise, we the whole point was to time that reasonably close. And that's been delayed a whole year. Well, yeah. I think it's about 11 months. I think it's April next year, supposedly. Uh, next year, next year is going to be fighting for space, isn't it? Well, it'll be quite busy. Yeah, could be. I mean, it, I mean, depending because um, a lot of it's a lot of post-production stuff. So, like the actual chain of like production of actually sort of has halted now, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. it'll probably yeah. everything's probably just been pushed back and reshuffled to a degree till we they think it's like, realigned. What's, the, what's the bit in Avatar gets delayed again? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Indiana Jones is now, is now going to come out when Harrison Ford's in his 80s. It's now 2022. It's just, oh, give up, folks, for fuck's sake. I'm not desperate to see a, a man in the 1970s in his 80s. It's just like, <laughs> The search of the lost simmer. It's... I don't know. I wasn't that keen anyway. I'm okay with him aging, but I just don't see Indy. Indy isn't. It wasn't like Bond. You know, if Bond had, I think I've said this before, but if Bond had done like a handful of films in the '60s with Sean Connery, then done nothing for a couple of decades, and then put one out in like the Hunt for Red October era or something with Connery again, it would feel odd because Bond would fundamentally feel like a '60s series. Mm. But because they kept making them, it, it feels of whatever time you want it to feel of. And um, Indiana Jones is a little bit like that. It's it, it belongs in the 30s and 40s just because that's where it made its name. And then, so I, I'm, I'm really weird about seeing him in a film that's set in like 1971 or something. That's really odd. But we'll see. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess we will. And of course, there is just slowly bringing us back round to what we're discussing next uh, tonight. Um, wasn't the next entry in this series meant to be next year? Um, wasn't John Four meant to be? Yeah, it was coming next year, wasn't it? Yes, I think it is still down for. But then I've not heard anything about production at all. Mate, well, they were filming the Matrix, weren't they? So I don't think they've done this yet. No. Batman has gone on hold as well. Uh, well, everything has, but I don't know. Yeah, everything's they... been put on ice, pretty much. Yeah, they've done some filming for that. Uh, the whole Marvel slate has shifted for about the next four years. Marvel, Disney, by a couple of months. 
Yeah, I don't know where you are. It depends on what you're doing. I mean, I don't know how easier, if it's easier to work remotely if you're working for like Pixar or something. Depends what yeah, or you've got home, I guess. I don't know. We're just guessing, aren't we? But hmm. anything well, if, requires... if you'd have the technology at home or if you would need to go into the office to use specific equipment or, or programs. Yeah. Well, uh, James Gunn's already said he's like he's going to spend the time like, editing what, what he's got off his Suicide Squad film. Yeah. So there is yeah, something to that. Do but... Yeah. But I, I think I, there, was, there was an interview with um, Kerry Fukunaga, I still can't pronounce his name, um, so that, like, he's, it seems like he's happy with how, like, for No Time to Die, he's kind of happy with how it is right now and he's not using the time currently to sort of tinker with it or edit it or in any sort of that's way. Um, so that's reassuring. Uh, yeah. I, there's an Instagram post from him where he's talking to somebody back and forth on it. And, uh, of course, any changes they decide to make is money. And he just said, I'm happy with it. You know, you, you could, all films are all films are abandoned. I mean, he, he, I think the, the tone was very much, yeah, could carry on tinkering forever. But it, we had to put down our tools and that we were yeah, happy. To, yeah, down tools, basically. Mm. I, hope that, I hope that quote doesn't come to bite what him in the major bum. films change, taken the opportunity to change... Um, think it might be black widow it's changed um uh composer i think oh, that's, that's, changed, that, that, that's changed composer at the last minute because i saw it the first i saw of it was charlie's reaction to it because charlie was like damn that i would have really preferred to have heard the original guy's ideas on that why what did it change from too it was De, it was desplat if that's how you pronounce it alexander desplat or desplat and it's changed to it's changed to somebody. It's changed to Lorne Balfe, I think. Oh, okay. So oh. It's, it's part of, that makes sense with Charlie because he's quite uh, weary of that sort of Zimmer yeah. factory, and Lorne Balfe's one of those. Talking of Lorne Balfe, they they chose the right Mission Impossible film to film in Italy, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> they, had to, mm. they, were, they were in northern Italy filming when this happened. Yeah, not the yeah. right place, really. <laughs> oh well anyway that's uh, enough of but, that Becca what are we talking about tonight <laughs> yeah unless I said about Italy the best at the moment unfortunately tonight yes we're going to pick up where we left off and pick up with our John Wick series yeah speaking of Once people again, doesn't age <laughs> yeah <laughs> he still looks the same oh, obviously he has aged a little bit but I, I maintain that Keanu Reeves is just Timeless. When they, when eventually they do the the Bill and Ted remake, they will still look the same. <laughs> well, I did that with it because you had all those memes on Twitter about March the first, March, April the first, and people looking really dishevelled compared to where they were. <laughs> that was like a meme. I just March posted been like a really, really I just po- I just posted two virtually identical pictures of Paul Rudd. <laughs> <laughs> he, he doesn't change as well. He never one. ages. I could not tell you which of those two fighters was the oldest. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Both have really good genes and they just don't age. Mm. Yeah, I think I'm probably like one of the only people who are really not actually looking forward to Bill Ted Free. I don't know why. Yeah, I'm uh, kind of in two minds. I like mm. the first one. We'll see, we'll see. I the first film's the great. One. The first yeah. film's great. The, the second, second one's overrated. Yeah, and it, yeah, and it had, um, what's he called in it? George Carlin as well, who I adored. George Carlin's my favourite stand up of all time. But um, anyone who's listening to this who's not looked 
heard any George Carlin, just go and look some up on YouTube. He's superb. Acting was very much like his second string. You know, he didn't do a lot of that. Um, the second one I've only seen once, so I don't want to be too harsh on a film I probably haven't seen in like 28 years, probably. Um, but I didn't like it that much. I didn't oh. like Bogus Journey at the time. It felt and then like, you had the odd cartoon, know, didn't you? They stretched the joke of the first film. I've never seen the cartoon, and I don't think I was even aware of it till you just mentioned it. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, the, the cartoon was my first exposure to Bill and Ted because it was like it was the weird thing where they expanded not only to time, but you could actually go into like books and things like that. So you could actually go into like you know, you know, uh, you know, whatever like novel like Pride and Prejudice or whatever it was. You know, they they, they expanded it to different things. It wasn't just like history. Uh, but uh, up, but up there, so that was my first supposed to like. And then I found out they had a film coming out called Bogus Journey, not knowing that it's actually originated from a actual film first. So, but yeah, um, Excellent Adventures like is a really really good film in my opinion. It is. It's genuinely good. Yeah. Um, um so, stretching that. So I don't know why you need. To, yeah, it struck me as a bit of a one hit deal to be honest. But I'll go and see it. If we're all still here in cinemas, still operate as a thing, I'll go and see Bill and Ted Three. It's all filmed now; it's it, in the cans. It just un- it just seems to undermine what happened because you know the first film was so perfect in the fa- in the fact that the gag that you know these guys were going to be uh, you know the sa- you know, the saviors of of the world with their music, but the gag is they're awful. So so they're, so, yeah, so, gag, yeah. so you they're got, awful and they're twats. Yeah, uh, but, but well, yeah. But what what made it work is though they were, tw- they, yeah, they were like they were, they were twats, but they like, were like, like, oh, sorry, likable twats. I don't yeah, mean like- I mean <laughs> they were like whoa, babe, and all that lot, but they were very much like very. Um... It's a bit like um, the same. Jo- you've got a similar joke with sort sweet of sweet nature. They were they were sweet nature yeah. twats. Sweet, yeah, that's the right the, word. <laughs> the central joke is not unlike uh, two examples that spring to mind: Gary's acting in Team America. Yeah, um, and, <laughs> Will, and Will Ferrell's voice of an angel in um, Step Step Brothers. Uh, it's the same sort of thing that when you actually hear or see what their supposed amazing skill was, it, it's no better than it's all right. But it's supposed to like completely change society for the better, and that that's a joke you never want to see the other end of. Yeah, because because um, it, it does end with George Carlin like looks looking to the camera saying they get better. I promise, <laughs> you know, and that's the gag, and that's the gag, and it's and with Bogus Journey, and you know, and to an extent the new film, it's just gonna kind of just expose that, as you say, Dave. It's just I don't like it. I prefer it as as it's as it was. I went at the end of it with Excellent Adventure. That that was right for me. But uh. all I want to interject to say though is to anyone listening now who's getting frustrated, this is going out as our as our John Wick 2 episode, even if, <laughs> even if we don't fucking mention the film, because I don't want to watch it again. So, whether we mention it or not from now on, <laughs> carry on, Chris. No, but I think, I think we've uh, said enough on that. So let's talk about uh, John Wick chapter, ch- uh, ch- 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 John Wick chapter. I didn't say it. <laughs> yeah. John, John Wick chapter two. Yes. Yeah, no suffix on that. Not like next week. No suffix. No colon. No semicolon. Right. Tell as us far about as I know. Becca, tell us about this film. It's quantum baby. 
I'm going to try and get that in as many times as I can. Fair enough. But I probably won't. But anyway, so yeah, tonight we are discussing John Wick Chapter 2, starring Keanu Reeves, Ricardo Scamarchio, Ian McShane, Lovejoy, yeah. Uh, comment, Ruby Rose, Peter Stormart, Lance Reddick, Lance Fishburne, Franco Nero, Peter Serafinowitz, if you didn't blink and you miss him. Um, the original music by Tyler Bates and Joel Richard, the scripts by Derek Kolstad, directed by Chad Chelsky, and released in 2017. Yeah, well that's all we got time for now, folks. So good night. Bye-bye. Um, this was uh, the first one, obviously, to to have any anticipation. weren't a lot of hype. weren't a lot of hype around the first job week film for obvious reasons. Keanu Reeves' career at that point had seen better days. It was a very low budget film. This film, um, I mean, they really have gone up in sort of money. I mean, this took, I think, over double what the first film did. And um, yeah, there was a bit of anticipation for this, but for me, it where the the scars it wears for me is you could tell they they didn't really plan this as a series to start with. So this film has a very clunky. I love the sort of prologue, if you like, the sort of Bond pre-title bit of it, but the actual sort of kicking off of the plot is really clunky, and we'll come to that in a minute. It, it the Julio Giorgio or whatever he's called. Uh, when he turns up, he might as well have said, "Are you available for another John Wick film?" Um, because that's that's effectively how they put the plot in in sort of motion. The the action is a little bit repetitive after last week, and I think what puts three over this one to me, at least until I watch it again, because I think three's got a baggier plot. But I think what puts it over is this this three this scenes in part three where I think they've they've raised the bar on the action again and they've done like quite inventive things. This film doesn't have it. It kind of reduxes a lot of what we already saw last week. I think they go a little bit too far on lore and gadgets and we can get into that. And they actually, they actually take some of the tension out of it when all we, all you got to do is like lift up the side of your jacket and you're all right. Um, and I, but I do think it's the prettiest John Wick film. I think it's by far the best looking Keanu looks great here, and they put him in the nicest suits in this film that he wears in the franchise to date. You've got some of it set in Italy and stuff like that, and it's just apart from maybe some of the lighting at the end of at the sort of final act of John John Wick Three. I can't think of anything that in the series that looks better than this one. So I think it's the um, pending what I think next week. Uh, my gut feeling is this is probably the weakest of the three. But that's a very, but it's a very high bar. I think they're all very good, and this is very good too. Yeah, Becca, what do you think? Um, yeah, I'm a newcomer to the series. Um, I had not seen them before, so I was saving myself up. Um, I would agree with a lot of Dave said. It's it's probably one of the stylish films in the series. Um, really enjoyed the action. Keanu never looked better, apart from being in the Matrix movies. Um, he does look amazing, and it's such a shame. But some of the suits that he wears. Um, I am kind of obviously you guys, you know, they can get a bit longer as they go on, and I was kind of feeling the length of this a little bit. Um, so I'm not really looking forward to next week's film. I didn't want to watch it today, and I like the John Wick films. I'm going to be very positive tonight, but we've had a couple of abortive recordings for reasons we don't need to go into. They've not been for a while, so it's not like I had to watch it last week and the week before. We haven't recorded at this point for getting on for nine, well, about nine weeks, um, maybe even ten at this point. Um, but I did watch it, 
and then we couldn't record. And then I watched it again when we thought we were coming back and we didn't. So I've watched it for a third time in maybe eight weeks at this point. And, and even that was too much. I really sort of didn't want to because I thought, oh, I can't be bothered with this. It drags. Um, when I actually watched it, it's not as bad as I thought. But you're right. You can feel the length of this. Chris, what do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, I I do kind of echo kind of what's already been said. Uh, yeah, what, one of the things that does stand out is it is very visually striking. Um, it it looks very really nice, sort of like the the stuff in um, Rome particularly. Um, but also the things that really the the, the stuff in the, the museum, you know, the, the shots of all the like the Greek statues. Uh, with, you know, with the with the you know Mr. Italian bad guy, you know, Ducci uh, Domeo, <laughs> what his name is. Uh, I don't know why I went with Julio. That was, that was the Harry Enfield sketch on the record Colombian signing for Newcastle United. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, yeah. And later, of course, Antonio Domeo, yeah, or yeah. Fantastic news. Later on, we're, we're going to meet Gianni McShadio. His Italian counterpart. Yeah, his Italian counterpart, Django. Not Jamie yeah, Foxx. Yeah. Not Jamie Foxx. Django from the film Django. <laughs> Hence, they called him Django. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they were up all night figuring that out. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, so it, it looks great. Um, very visually striking. Um, I thought I do the action's great, but it is get does get a bit repetitive to a certain the degree. Sort of flip to the floor and the couple of bullets in the head. A, it's bit, a little bit. It feels almost like judo inspired. You see it yeah. a bit too often. Which, but, yes. but then you know. But then I was thinking, yeah, but you know. This is still better than ninety percent of the action you see, anyway. Yeah. So you you feel very much like uh, you you you're picking, being a but bit picky. Doesn't, here. But doesn't I mean we'll talk about it more next week. But doesn't film three, and I don't want to ruin it for Becca, but doesn't film three, because this was made like two years after the first one, which was like two years before the third one, mm-hmm. roughly. Might have been a few more months than that between the first two, because we got it late. Um, but doesn't part three? feel like they've taken longer almost like they've gone away and almost slightly reinvented the action yeah. whereas this just feels like john wick part it's almost a remake of john wick yeah um i think they've got the i think they've got like you know they, they've upped the the game the casting like you know the you know like common commons in this film and any any and he's good yeah and he and he, and he, sh- he shows up and he, he he comes to party is you know the two fights with him and Keanu Reeves are really, really well done, particularly the first one. Yes. Um, so you, you have like things like that, and you do build up on the, on the law, which is kind of cool. You get more Wilson, which I think is always a plus. Um, you know, it, it, it is a very satisfying film. I think the things where it does fail, um, and I do think it's probably a, a bit too long, though it does, it's quite pacey. You know, you never reset board. You, you know, it it yeah. it does feel like it's constantly moving. I it think... doesn't have a it doesn't have a specific section of the film that's a problem, whereas I think part three does. Yeah, yeah. So, 
even oh. though part even though that part of part three has a wonderful section in it as well. <laughs> but yeah. It it's it's a strange film in that regard, three, but we'll come to that next week. But yeah. uh, I'm I'm more mixed on the lore than you in that I, I like the expanding out of the world. I love the for want of a better world telephone exchange. I just love the yeah. whole design of yeah. that. And the fact that it's it's nineteen forties but they're all covered in really modern tattoos and lots of them. Yes. And stuff like that, which is just... I mean, I'm not the biggest tattoo person in life, but as a design choice in the film, it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. And, um, and of course, it links it all to Keanu's world because the character's back is covered in tattoos. And there are reasons for them in this lore, um, although we haven't got too far into his individual tattoos yet. Yeah. Um, so I like all that, but I, I did think the bulletproof... Uh, suit was a step too far yeah it's yeah. a bit uh... it's a bit where they're in the sort of whatever you call them catacombs or whatever In Ro- when they're in Rome there is a bit where he's being shot at and he's a bit exposed and he literally just picks up the side of his sort of suit jacket and I just think well that's just killed all tension he's fine <laughs> yeah yeah, I do think that was a bit one step too far. I mean, it was a little bit like um, it's kind of like a, almost like something you find in a Bond movie, for example. Like, here you are, Dublin Seven. Here's this new bulletproof suit, now rendering you impervious. It looked very smart, definitely. But I would agree with you, Chris, that the um, bit scene shot in Rome. I mean, this film is just beautiful, generally. Um, it was almost a kind of like neo noir sort of, if, if if that's even a thing, um, sort of aesthetic to it, definitely. Um, but yeah, I just kind of thought the bulletproof suit. I was like. What really? But I mean, it's, 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 got, it's good it, fun. I mean, the fight scenes are still brilliantly choreographed, yeah. and everything looks super stylish. But there's just, as you say, there's no sense of danger, and it's just a little bit like. Oh. But on the whole, you know, it looks very stylish. See, it's left more ambiguous. Again, I don't want to ruin part three, but it is without going into how and why. The whole sort of nature of the suits seems a bit more ambiguous next week. He definitely right. feels more in danger next week. He just does. Um, but there's bits of the lore I like. I mean, to see that there's like an Italian continental as well with Giannio Muccianio. And, you know, um, the, just the whole Peter Serafinowicz is like, well, he's kind of a Q character, but the language they're using is that of a sort of sommelier or something like that. Yeah, instead of being like a sort of wine or water sommelier, he's like a weapons sommelier, so kind yeah. of like an armourer. Yeah, it is like an armourer. It's vaguely Q. Is he essentially Q? Pretty much um, QC. But, when, but when he's talking, but when he wants a knife, he asks for what for dessert. Yeah. You know, and things like that. Um, Very strange. So I like it all. I do like it all. Anyway, shall we discuss this film sequentially? Yes, let's. So, um, let's do it. So, yeah, so we start off uh, in well, basically, pretty much where we left off, we get a lovely shot, New York. Yeah, we hear like cars revving. This film is fantastically lit. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I need, fabulous. I, I need to amazing. look up. I need to look up who the cinematographer Wouldn't is because he is a, a, a strong, strong talent. Dan uh, Lan uh, uh, Laniston, or I'll look him up while you're talking. Anyway, so sorry about where we start and stuff. Yeah, so we were basically in New York. Uh, we we see uh, well, there's a shot by Buster Keaton on top of the roof. New York looks great at night time, anyway. Uh, but yeah, so uh, but it's it's really well shot. You hear revving in cars. Uh, you see this guy on a bike. We're following him. He's trying to get away, and he basically like a car just smashes it inside of him. 
and it's John, John Wick. And he's like, obviously, he grabs like a. He do, I, I'm not sure what it is, but it's almost like a like a, a a tablet or something. It's it's almost like a marker, like right. that the, the highlights like where he's going to go to next. Because right. where, where he's going to next is basically uh, the brother of uh, Vigo from the first film. Yeah, it was the only. I was a bit worried the first time I watched this because it it gave me like a Taken Two vibe, mm. where they didn't have. Obviously, Taken was a hit they weren't expect, expecting because Liam Neeson wasn't an action star at that point. And Taken was like a hit beyond what they would have expected from what is a very, very B-movie film. And they suddenly had to like make up a Taken 2 quite quickly. And when even when he was interviewed in sort of press and promo for the film, he sounded underwhelmed because he was saying, well, you know, you've come back. What's the plot this time? Well, the bad guys, you know, they've got brothers and things like that. So it was almost like that's what Taken 2 was. Well, you've pissed them off. So here's their, here's their family coming back for revenge. And I thought this film for a minute was going to be um, the, just, yeah, that. And, and it, it had me worried. But then the sequence that is coming, which... I say is a, a Bond pre-title. It looks nothing like a Bond pre-title, but it's a little prologue. It's a little action sequence that is kind of divorced from the rest of the film. And it's just to reintroduce you to the character. It's it's really good, but I was a little bit concerned. I thought, oh my God, it's not going to be Brother Wants Vengeance, is it? It, it felt, almost felt like you were seeing like the end of a, of, of a different <laughs> John Wick 2 that was going to end up leading to like something else. Do you know what I mean? It felt like... Of a of a potentially lesser lesser sequel, you you were seeing like the end of, end of the climax too. Well, a bit like in the first one where we start with him injured at what turns well, out to be the end of that film. No, no. In in terms of the fact that uh, we've just kind of like like skipped like uh, a potential like like you know like lost the oh, sequel. I see what you mean. Just jump straight to like the um, jump straight it, straight into it, like the the end bit. Yeah, it's it's the mission we didn't see. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, I did like this because he's just on principle. He's willing to fucking destroy the car to get it back. Yeah. Um, and and he, obviously Baba Yaga comes out again. So the whole boogeyman. It is actually quite a, an effective way to reintroduce the fear factor around this character. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the fact that this guy and just little things like when he spins the car to knock the guy into the pillar and stuff like that. Yeah. That's phenomenal. And, and there's bits where I can't see the join. The car's hit and like Keanu falls out of it. And it's like, there's got to be a join there, but I can't see what it is. Yeah. It is all really well done. Like, the stunt work is really, really well, really, really great. Um, and you also got, uh, oh, what's his face? He's in all sorts, he's all sorts of kinds of stuff. Uh, is it, I want to say Peter Snowden, but it's not him. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Somber, there you go. Okay. Yeah, he's he's, is... he's in like he's in lots of like stuff like Armageddon and things like that. Okay. All right. Um, I'm just gonna mangle these names. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Sorry about that. Yeah, Peter Stormberg. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the one. I know who you mean. <clears throat> I know. I know who you mean now. Yeah. Because I wasn't sure who you were talking about. Because you you immediately went into what's he called, and it's like I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Stormberg. Yeah. Stormberg. Stormberg. Yeah. yeah. Um. He's full of character for his, what is a little um, cameo. 
Yeah, he's essentially in it for, for all of like two minutes, but he, you know, he he makes his presence known. I think it gives an exceptionally um, incredible performance for, as you say, what is a very slight role. Yeah, it's just a it's just a small little role. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't for a second convince me he's related to the main character from the last film, but though yeah. apparently <laughs> he's from Sweden, apparently like, he is. He knew. like the same actor who played his brother. So yeah, yeah Swedish playing Russian. Like. Um, but yeah, it works, and of course they're all frigging terrified, and along comes like Wick to mm. get his car back, which is obviously another touchstone from the first film. The car means a lot to him. Um, anything else we really want to say about this prologue? No, it's, it's just a, it's an extended action sequence to reintroduce us to the character, the world, mm. and a little bit of a precy of at least what part one was vaguely about. But he, um, he does get a shit kicked out of him as well. It's not like it's sort of slick and he takes everyone out. He, it is a, it, it is a very brutal, like, well, he walks fight, straight into he walks straight into the lion's den to get yeah. his car back. Um, and so there's a bit on foot. There's a bit in the car. There's a bit in the office. It, it's actually really well put together. Um, as I say, it was only. It was only that I didn't realise on first viewing what I was watching was that. I thought I was watching the story proper starting, and of course right. it isn't. Um, of course, he, he gets to go home after this with his fucked up car, which he gives to John Leguizamo to yeah. fix. Um, just like, good luck with that. <laughs> um, he's got the same dog as from the last film. See the dog again. Um, still doesn't have a name and it's just kind of that full circle on the first film the sort that sort of little prologue ends with him sort of putting the weapons away and concreting over again mm. much as he had to take them out in the first film it's Did almost a little bit like previously on John Wick but it kind of brings things full circle ready to start for the uh, for next chapter but yeah fun fact about Pup coming up at the end of the show it's very much. I mean, I probably said this in the last last week, but you know, it wasn't um, <laughs> in the last show. Um, yeah, not only was it two months ago, but one of those months was the longest month in human history. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's some time ago now. Not only uh, did March have 170 billion days. Oh my god! I think it will go down. Obviously, it has longer number of days, but it will go down as one of the longest months ever. It just felt like it would never end. Bloody hell! Yeah, and we were only locked down for like half of it, so it's good. <laughs> April will be worse. Uh, yeah, this is crazy. I've just seen somebody put on social media as like, oh, um, no, yeah, a friend of mine messaged me actually. He was like, I'm so glad it's Tuesday tomorrow. And I was like, um, it's Sunday. It's not. It's not. Yeah. And he's like, I've just come off, uh, oh, God, like 12 hour shift. And it's just like, oh, my heart goes out to him. And he's like, what day is it? Yeah, it's Sunday. And he's like, bless him. So, anyway. Yeah, yeah anyway. Yeah, so, um, but the the whole as saying that it has a very westerny vibe um, in, in this film. I don't know how this applies to because I, I know I know I said that you know John Wick's very like a, like a western samurai kind of like theme, but I definitely mm-hmm. sense it in the soundtrack. It's got a very sort of like steel guitar um, sort of feel to it, and I just sort of find, feel like it, it, it's got a similar vibe to last week, but a completely different tone. Yeah, so I feel I I just kept thinking like. This could be like, you know, you could just sort of take this and put it in a western very easy. You take this whole like, you know, this, this whole film, this in terms of like, you know, the character and and, and except who he is. he'd be handing uh, he'd be handing uh, 
John Leguizamo a very, very fucked up horse. <laughs> if this was a, if this yeah. was a Western. <laughs> fix, fix that, will you? <laughs> Jesus. It's a bloodbath. He's the local vet. <laughs> just a horse stood, stood in a lockup. <laughs> yeah, all right, yeah. Your point is still valid, though. Yeah. But even the colour palette when he's at home is different and stuff. I, I really like all that stuff. But, of course, in the, the putting into the motion of the plot, I don't want to hold it against the film too much because they didn't know John Wick was going to be such a success, did yeah. they? Yeah. Uh, you couldn't have predicted it, actually. You could not have predicted this series. Um, it, it not, not even that it became a series because we can think of plenty to of crap series that ran to several entries or ended up direct to DVD. But I mean like a a series that's like grown in like respect and popularity with each entry Mm. from almost completely unanticipated when the first one was announced. Yeah. Obviously by the time we got it, you'd seen a bit around it and were interested, Chris, but yeah. Um, But of course the, the way they put this plot into uh, motion is they've got to call him back into the field somehow. So, again, they, they've sort of reintroduced these markers, which is where you you sort of, when someone do, does you a favour, you then owe them one, and it's a debt they can call in at any time. And so Santino D'Antonio is introduced as this character who effectively got Keanu out of the business. doesn't really explain why, but it allowed him yeah. to go and have that marriage. They always refer to it as the impossible task. Don't I gave him an impossible task, and he did it. And, and, and we won't go into specifics of like of what that task was and how I could have helped him, which kind of. <laughs> but let's just say yes, we did. It was just. I yes, think it was it's impossible. Just, they got to get a film going, you know, and it, it it's. I find all this really clunky, yeah. uh, and a character we we have never met before is blowing up his house within about two minutes. Um, and I suppose it's necessary to put, put the plot into motion. I don't know what you guys think. One thing I will say about this film it is pretty much non-stop. I mean, there are obviously there are little gaps and everything, but it's one of those kind of, even though it's, I did, as I say at the top of the show, I did kind of like feel this film's length a little bit. Um, similar to, to last week as well, it kind of doesn't really let up a lot. You know, kind of the, the action just keeps moving, keeps moving, keeps moving. Um, there's always something going on. It's a very busy film as well. So, yeah. It does keep... Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just agreeing with you. It does keep moving. Yeah, it's just... Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I can feel like the plot, you know, just sort of... just Exposition just drop up, just drop in there. Uh, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, but they have to kind of, like, get things going. Like, I can't, mm. I can't really see... How else you would really do it, really? No, um, I don't think there's any way around it because the first film was self-contained. Yeah, and I suppose you know you do have the you know the convenience of not explaining too much first time round. There is room to kind of like say, oh, there is other stuff that that hasn't been said. Do you know what I mean? So you do have that. Well, that's what this film is, isn't it? It's an expanding of the world mm. for good and ill. So yeah, I guess so. But he's 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 asked to come back in. Is he told at this point what the mission is? No, no, he's not. He just tells he's him. He's just, but he just says no. Yeah, your no, mission. Do you choose to accept? He just destroys his house. No, he just says no. It's not me. 
take it back, find someone else. You know, yeah. trust me. You and don't... yeah, when we get to Winston a bit later on, Winston says, "I'm surprised he stopped there because yeah. you've you've said no. That debt is pretty. That that whole marker procedure is seemingly quite sacrosanct." Mm-hmm. Uh, where do we go from the house being blown up? Yeah, so he blows the house. He blows up the house. Uh, and I think, I think he just he, he walks basically from his house to you know across the Brooklyn Bridge with his dog <laughs> to the Continental. We, we assume he lives in New York then. Yes, <laughs> you, would, you would hope so. I mean, if he's been walking from like in South Dakota, that's quite. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, he walks to the Continental, which is still sort of in that flat iron building, isn't it? Yeah. Looks very stylish. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's there's unbreakable. There's there's a. It, it, I, I am looking at the sort of um, little sort of crazy of it here. There are two unbreakable rules. One is no blood on continental grounds, which we'll come back to later in the film, and the other is the markers have to be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. yeah. now in trouble. Yeah, um, so he's advised that you've effectively got no choice but to do it. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, so Wilson gives him a stern tone. So you think, what the fuck were you thinking? Do you not, do you not think this day would ever come? You know, yeah. Uh, you know, someone like him as well. You know, you get so we get a sense of like, you know, he's a bit, he's a bit of a, he's a bit of a one. Um, There's an essential tragedy to this character because what this is telling us is he will never be out. Not mm. really. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he, he's now asked to kill. Yeah, he finds he finds. Santino mm. and they have a talk about it and he wants him to kill Santino wants Santino's own sister killed uh, she's about to be, uh, ascend to the high table mm-hmm. now this is sort of the governing body of this world but it's got a full investiture there's a bit of quite a lot of pageantry in this world but it's a strange kind of pageantry because their investitures are basically a disco in Rome, <laughs> which is just odd. Yeah, he needs he needs the best because it's like an impossible task, and so John has to go to Rome, uh, yeah. where he meets uh, Gianni Mucciano, <laughs> uh, Franco Nero, um, looking That's very be up there with von Glockenspiel. Um, yeah. He's looking very, um, Franco very Nero. Gambling. Franco Nero, yeah. Franco looks, Nero, that's it. Look, the character, look, the guy looks kind of very heavily made up. There's something a bit, I don't know, there's something a bit almost like, it's like Peter O'Toole had a lost, like, Italian relative <laughs> <laughs> or something. Something a bit, yeah. Um, is that not a bit character specific, though? Yeah. I, mean, I, thought he sort of looked, I thought he looked a bit strange as well, but I kind of wonder, is that. Just because of his character, or, or just the costume, and I don't know, or is it because it's on he, on Blu-ray? I don't know. Well, he dresses. I mean, Ian McShane dresses fine, doesn't he? In the show, lots of um, what's the word, cravats and things like that. So yeah, he, he looks very dapper. Yeah. So there's something that to it. Gone up in the world uh, since Lovejoy. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, Lovejoy yo. Yeah. Jovio. I do hope we see uh, a, a leather waistcoat in John Wick 4, though. <laughs> a leather waistcoat, <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. That's what, um, that's what you used to wear in Lovejoy, wasn't it? Uh, I don't remember. I, don't, I never really watched it. I don't think I would have seen trailers and stuff. 
I am just wondering if, like, in the next one, he'll go to the, like the Newcastle Continental, and we will get Julio <laughs> Giordio. Um, so, so now we get the cute, the big cute scenes, really, where he's he's getting clothes and uh, maps of the catacombs and uh, basically weapons. So we've now got bulletproof suits, which I'm yeah. not fond of. I'm not fond of at all. I think I liked it at the time, though. It's only now on rewatch. I'm like, it's a bit silly. Um, and Peter Serafinowitz for guns and that sort of thing. All yeah. very nice. All very pretty. You can imagine, oh, I don't know if it was, but you can imagine like classical music yeah. playing in the background on all of them. I, 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 yeah, I, I liked the, the talk of it, like, you know, the uh, where he's getting he's getting his suit done, he's like sort of talking about like, how many buttons, two or three, two, uh, is, it, uh, is it a formal, you know, a formal or, or casual, anything like tactical? <laughs> so, yeah. You know, like that kind of language and, and when he's talking to Peter Senevinovich, he's like, you know, they are talking straight up like what he wants, like weapon wise, but it's almost like he's just going in to get like his suit fitted. You know, it's yeah. it's very much that kind of like that technical but really sort of like calm, professional, but yet very casual, you know, very sort of yeah. like very upper oh yes, well, you know, I want I want something uh, robust and uh, precise. He's like mm, yes. I think I have just the thing for you. And he just like pulls out his nice sort of selection of stuff. It's it it looks great. I'm not sure about that big medallion he's wearing. That looks a bit too much. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure. I noticed that today, and I wasn't quite sure what that was around his neck. Yeah. All right, whatever. It's a nice scene, and as I say, he comes out of it in this whole all sort of black get-up, which just really suits him. It really mm-hmm. suits the colour palette of the film. He's got a bit of facial hair in this one as well. And it just suits him. He just, he, I mean, stylistically, this film would look... It would lose so much if you didn't have... Uh, I mean, if they were all dressed pretty casually, just doing their sort of business, it wouldn't be the same. <laughs> if he was in a hoodie, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> donkey jack- yeah, donkey jacket or something. No, but just He's wearing anything, a bin bag. If, 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 if they were dressed like the assassins tended to dress in, say, the Bourne films, it would lose something. Yeah. What, just in bomber jackets and, and things like that? Um, yeah. So, yeah, so he's he's going to this, what essentially is this big, weird, you know, upper class, well, it's, out, it's outdoors. It's effectively a coronation. Yeah. At an outdoor festival. Party. DJs and stuff. Mm. It's 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 an odd world. It it. I think I might have said this on the first one. It's it, it's almost a bit like when you watch Harry Potter, and it's like, is this a world that like the normal world can't see or something? Because it's so different. Yeah. Um, it isn't obviously, but you know what I mean. It just looks really really different. Um, and they're all watching each other because they're all assassins. So you get Common saying to him, "Are you working, John?" Which is a mm. phrase that. He keeps getting from the police when he's at home. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we, we I like do... I like all that dialogue. I like all that sort of. Was it good night? I'm afraid so. <laughs> you just yeah. like sort of. Coded. Yeah. Coded, but not deeply coded. Yeah. Just. Yeah. Just that's all. Like yeah, just a nod. Yeah, I think so. And then he gets in to see. Um, what is she called? The character. I'm uh... gonna look her up. I mean, it's uh, Gianna, Gianna D'Antonio. Yeah. Um, what a milf! Um, I mean, <laughs> I, 
Um, yeah, th- this is. Uh, she's basically about to have a bath. It reminded me. It reminded me of the bathing scene in Wanted. A little bit. I've seen that film for life. ages. I haven't seen it since it came out. Um, it's not. It's not very good. But um, that's one of the sort of slightly iconic scenes in the film, if you like, because it was in all the marketing materials. Her walking around, coincidentally, quite tattooed and stuff. Um, yeah, naked. Um, yeah, she's about to. Have, she's about to have a deep bath, which again just makes me think, Alan's deep bath. <laughs> Brought to you by Dettel. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, you can imagine her walking in on rose petals or something. It's, yeah. it's a little bit over the top. It's very sensuous, she, isn't it? It's very sensuous. It's, yeah, I, I, strangely, I kept having this urge to get in the bath with her. It must just be, the, <laughs> say, must, just, must, must just be the production design. This <laughs> <laughs> be the amazing costume she's wearing. Oh, I mean, to fair, Dave, it does look a very nice bath. So, well, yeah, yeah, it does. It looks like a very luxurious bathroom. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and she kind of, they all know each other. Um, and I think she kind of gathers yeah. quite quickly what he's there for. Um, it's almost kind of like, is it like it's sort of like a, a Bond villain right. explaining her plot, you know? <laughs> well, it, it kind of feels like, because I think John is kind of like us, he's out of the loop, so to speak. So, like, she's already kind of like, oh, oh, was it my brother sent you, right? Well, you know, he's, he's trying to get, like, he's trying to get, like, my. It's a high table, and, and obviously I know him. He's, this is what he wants to do. Yeah, he's several steps um, ahead. Yeah, as you say, been at the for a while. Yeah, he, he he's going to want to take New York and and whatnot, and you kind of get a sense of John kind of already kind of yeah, gathered. <laughs> and as I say, I've I've had a lot to say about Keanu Reeves's abilities over the years, but he has a genuine look of weary regret about him. He does not want to be in this room at all. Mm. Um, and she, she kind of almost won't give him the satisfaction. She sort of starts the process by slitting, slitting down her wrists and just getting into the bath. And then I think he holds her hand while she starts drifting away. And then I think at the end he puts a bullet in just to be sure. Um, and then when he comes out, common, who's like her chief bodyguard, Cassian, um, I'll use those two names interchangeably, no doubt. Um, works out what's happening and we're straight underway with John under siege. Yeah, so it basically shoots his way out of um not unlike I mean it's a it's a little bit like the um gallery later, but it's actually probably a bit more like him fighting his way out of that sort of club in the first one. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I think I think this is probably one of the where it might feel like it drags because you kinda of got two essentially running running away, trying to get out of a place while shooting lots of people. He kind of like one thing trying to get out out of the 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 club, so to speak, and then in the kind of like cat, catacomb tunnels, you kind of going to get yeah. like betray, you kind of get the same again. Yeah, it does um, go on a bit too long, actually. So, um, I mean, it works. It's yeah. it's fine. And again, what what's selling me on this section of the film is it's pretty. It, it's lovely to look at. Such a rich, warm color palette. Mm. It's lovely. Yeah, um, they really have thought about the design of these films, and this is kind of its apex for what, whatever the flaws. Um, the film gets a little bit less interesting from now on, really. I mean, they end up they, this long battle ends up with them sort of in the continental, doesn't it? Yes, because he gets out. He must get out because um, you know Gino Di Domineo um, as. 
as well, surprise, surprise, wants to cover up loose ends. So um, he sent so John is now, yeah, yeah. He sent John to kill sister, and he's and now he's like, well, well, I'll just I'll kill, kill him. I'll, and we're done. I'll kill him, done, and I can like claim, right, well, what me? I got, I got the guy, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so he manages to get out um, his his main um, henchwoman. Um, Ares uh, she's never named in the film but she's listed under called Ares uh, yeah. Ruby I, Rose I, yeah Ruby Rose is a you know I, I, I felt she was kind of I think the film is kind of weakened by by her as being like the should we say the the main antagonist phys, like physically antagonist because she's yeah. at no point is she ever a threat to him you just feel like she's there oh, like sure. sort of like saying oh I'll be seeing you like fucking John, he's not fucking scared of you. He <laughs> ain't bothered. Whereas Common is well matched against him, a bit like the guy in the third one, although that there's a twist on that we'll get to next week, because that, that antagonist in the third one's brilliant. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, Common is well matched against him, and, he, and he's physically he's physically quite imposing common as well. I, yeah. I can't tell you how tall they are relative to each other without having screenshots of it in front of me, but in my head, he's bigger than Keanu. He may not be. Um, and plus he's got an interesting angle. Cause again, he kind of, he's a little bit in love with Gianna. He was, he was so loyal to her that he, he's a little bit heartbroken actually. Well, yeah. I mean, I kind of figured it was almost like summer to, he's kind of similar to where John Wick would be anyway, in a sense, in a sense of that, that, no, this is about honor. Like you've killed, you know, my guard or whatever. We, or how we he, he he phrases it. So it's like, you know, it's like even when he's like telling him, it's like, oh, I had no choice. Blah blah. It's like, well, no, I'm still gonna have to do it. It's no like you yeah. know, I'm good. You know, it it it's almost like it's a lot more interesting angle. You kind of like a you kind of understand where he's coming from, and it's uh, well, they have they have complete. Uh, respect for each other they both promise each other because they end up in the continental mm. talking about it don't they and this is yeah. what you're just alluding to and they basically promise each other like a, a clean death yeah in that you know as little suffering as possible as a professional courtesy he cassian understands john had to do it and john understands what cassian now has to try to do mm. um if either of them are going to keep their lives the other one needs to die and so they they they're pitched by their whole sort of code into a horrible situation where one will have to kill the other, and all they can do is make it as uh, lacking in unpleasantness as possible. Yeah. And then um, you, have, and you have Ruby Rose sitting in the background going, "I'm going to get you." And he's like, "Yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> no, no, you're not. You're there as not like very a, effective. you're there as a sort of interesting wrinkle because you've got kind of an interesting look and." You're deaf, and you know you're, you're 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 an interesting little feature in the film. Yeah, but you're not really driving it. I kind of feel she's a bit underused, though. I mean, she does you know have an amazing look about her, and she's got special talents, and she you know she's she marks herself as different. But I kind of feel that she's yeah a little bit underused here. I, I would say. I was surprised tonight. It's a little bit like when you go and watch The Man with the Golden Gun or something. You you have Scaramanga in your head, then you watch the film and go, "He's hardly in it." And I, I got <laughs> that a little. Bit, I got that with Ruby Rose tonight. I was like, I mean, I've, I know I've watched it a few times in the last couple of months, but I watched it today. Going, she really is hardly in this, um, which makes you wonder what's the point. But then it's all sort of colour to the world, so I don't really mind. 
But yeah. Yeah, more Ruby Rose, please. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she's got quite a bit of screen presence and stuff, but yeah, I, she's not adding a lot here. Not in it a lot. Um, so, right, there, I think now is where we see the exchange, because, you know, the telephone exchange, for want of a better word, because Santino puts out the contract on John. Yeah. And this is kind of a forerunner of what Act 1 of Part 3 feels like, in that immediately he's kind of exposed in the middle of a city. They're all getting yeah. like buzzed on their phones and stuff like that, and it's mm. oh my fucking Christ! And I kind of feel like you know this is probably one of the best parts of the film now because I think, I think uh, this is my favourite bit of the film because it's I I got a feeling that this could always be a film of itself. It almost like how um, you know, sure, you know, without giving too much away, um, free could free could have been like this kind of thing. You know, John trying to get. Like, we thought get what here to what there. Can we, what can we say without ruining it for Becca? What I think we can say is, you think John Wick three is going to be John Wick versus the world, and what John Wick is is one act of John Wick versus yeah. the world, and really this this could have been almost like its own conceptual piece, a little bit almost experimental. You could have had him, you know, just this could have almost been a one act film. It could have been. I'm just thinking of something else that's a bit experimental, like something like Run, Run Lola Run or something yeah. like that. Doesn't follow normal narrative um, conventions at all. That's a good um, film. Yeah. Had, 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 had this been a Run, TV Run, series, great, had this been a TV series, you'd have like one episode on of, of this of of like John trying to get like out yeah. or to somewhere within the city while trying to keep running into yeah. people trying to kill him. You know, it's the almost kind of... yeah, and it's the one episode in the series that would be real time. Yeah. Or something like, like that, yeah. Style. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so we just got lots of sort of sequences here of people attacking him and it, you know, him sort of killing them as best he can. So he yeah. kills one guy with a pencil and two and guys so with on. a pencil. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and he does end up killing uh Cassian. Uh, I thought that was a bit anticlimactic because Cassian no, was Cassi- gone. Cassi- away Cassi- no, Cassian's not dead. Um, he, he sticks it in like a well, he says six in his A auto, so they pull out your bleed to death. So you got like basically got an option: stick it in there, and you'll. What you, you mean get... he can make? What if he can get to medical attention, he'll survive it? Yeah, because he's like because they call it professional courtesy. So it's basically, sort oh, of like... I, I always I always read it, and now you've said it, I think you're right. By the way, but I always read it as like take that out in your own time. Basically, uh, I've not given you any pain. That's how you die, basically. But you might well be right. I don't know. But it's whether he could get to a hospital from there. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, he there's a probably... chance because he gives him like a little sort of knowing smile, like as if say, like, next time, next, yeah. All right, fair enough. Yeah, okay. Um, I mean, I could be wrong because yeah. he's not because he's not in free. Spoil it. No, sorry. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. spoil away. It's fine. There are uh, little sort of hints that they have people everywhere. Quantum style in the yeah, um, it's a little bit under uh, for sure. He, he, he drops a coin in some uh, homeless bloke's, you know, cup, and it's he's one of the he's one of the sort of crew. Why he would be sat there pretending to be homeless, I've no idea. Um, and he you kind of work get... out that they're not really sort of homeless; they're more of like a, a network, really, aren't they? So, what no, they kind of are? Go, he wants to go and see the Bowery King. Now. I've now seen two films with the Bowery King in it, and I still don't really get this character, Chris. Do you? Um, 
I, do, I don't I, really know what he is, what he's for, and what he's really king of. I think he's. I think there's there's various different things because we you know we bear in mind we live in a world like, and there's ne- there's different networks running alongside each other. You know, uh, I think it gets a little bit more kind of fleshed out next time around when you consider what um, Will uh, Winston is in regards to like the high table. There, there is like a, a difference between between the two. Like he's, you know, he's um, he kind of he's like he's kind of low in the pecking order to them, but he kind of has his own authority. So it's yeah. a bit of a, so I, I think in a way, uh, the Bower King is his own. They they're, they're probably lower in the pecking order, but they're a bit more underground and a bit more kind of like, you know, they they do well, the their whole- own thing. The whole trope of the pigeon suggests he's an information resource off the grid. Mm. So if you want to find some, something out or get to somebody without anyone tracking you having done it, he might be a way to do that. Yeah. But he was obviously an assassin at one point because he's got a scar on his neck that John gave him. Yeah. Um, and he knows of the bounty, so he has information. But he is able to tell him where to um, where to find Santino, basically. And we are into the final act now. This is the final act of the film, really. Yeah. Um, he goes to the museum. One of the better action sequences in the film because I always think the less the less you have John in open spaces, the better, because he's very good round corners and bends and things like that. That stuff's kind of interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where people appearing from different angles and places and stuff. That's pretty cool. He's sort of sneaking around and he kind of gets to see him do his, you know, do, go to work, basically do his job as an assassin. Well, it all feels very one take. It actually does remind me of Atomic Blonde in that regard. This all feels very... I can't imagine the logistics of planning this. No, it does kind of imagine that you you know, if I could build it around sort of tight corners and very kind of like limited movements. Interesting that you mentioned this could be also the Western genre, but also like a samurai movie as well. Um, I think that's kind of like the guidelines that he sort of lives his life by. And certainly, you know, in interviews with um, with Keanu Reeves, he's kind of, he takes a lot of that kind of like very Eastern influence as well. Um, a lot of the kind of work obviously being like a, a ninja, for example, um, it's kind of a lot of work within the shadows, all about concealing, you know, oneself to to the people that you're trying to trail. So I think that's quite interesting that, you know, it's kind of very much around, the, you know, round corners and very sneaky. I, it's always the most impressive action sequences because you're not sure what's coming from where. And even part three, which I think has more interesting action, it, it, it's got a more improvised feel than this. You watch this and you just immediately go, the amount of planning that must have gone into this, fucking hell just even working out squibs and where he's meant to be shooting them and everything. The amount, I mean, Keanu must have literally just been sat there trying to learn side after side of just physical action beats. Um, so I, yeah, it's quite elaborate, like, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I do like this. Um, and by now, Santino is just a character you can't wait for to be shot. He's such a prick. <laughs> um, but he's a good bad guy he, for that. Because he's just well, smug. even more so when he's in the Continental in a bit. Because yeah. just even the way he's eating the steak, it's just like, oh, you bastard. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah, because <laughs> um, um, yeah, we do get a bit before that when he's like sending the order out. And uh, I'd like the two parallels of, like, of uh, Winston both sort of reprimanding him for, for what they've done. So John for not doing... Like 
for not for for doing the marker in the first place, and then and then he's sort of telling Antonio for being like, well, what do you think he's going to do? You blew up his house, you know. He did tell you not. To, he, he tell you tell you. He did warn you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. See you later. So you know that there is there is that element, and um, yeah, before, before he well, walks we'll in, he kind of like demands with with uh, yeah. Winston to kind of like say, "Go, she got no fucking authority over me." Well, yeah, well, he gets to, he's, you know, the one time Santino looks really scared because he just thinks like, and then he gets to the Continental, he sat eating the steak and he thinks he's safe because of the one yeah. sacrosanct rule. And, of course, John immediately, not immediately, but he, he just breaks that rule over Winston's kind of begging him. Never quite understood why, because he knows what the consequences will be. I as a kind of like, and I, and I think from from a certain point of view, uh, it makes complete sense. It's almost like a no-brainer to John because John's already kind of gone in accepting that he's pretty much not going to come out of this alive. So he's because he, so he, he way he convinces uh, the the Bowery King to say, look, you know, I you know, either if you hand me over to him, he's going to come after you, and then you're going to have the high table after you, you know, after going to war with uh, with. Uh, you know the Domio guy, but if you just give me a gun, I'll go and kill him. The high table come after me. It's over. Do you know what I mean? There's 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 no big war. It's done. It's tidy. It's tidy up. I think he's kind of like at at this point, he's just a bit like fuck it. Just get it done. You know. Yeah, because there's get... there's always there's always something else. You know. I was, yeah. I, had, I, was called, I was called back to kill her, but then suddenly there's a contract on me, and in, unless I kill him, that contract's yeah. not going anywhere. So he's already yeah. kind of living a death sentence. So yeah, maybe it's part of it. he just wants to join his wife a little bit. So he's so he's probably like so he's there like oh you know you can just he's like don't do it John or I was like fuck it <laughs> I don't care <laughs> it makes a difference to me you know that's why he don't that's why he just shoots him in the face just like like then just goes ended it you know done <laughs> don't, don't care done yeah absolutely um, now there's a gap isn't there uh, John there's a gap I always remembered this film as what's coming next is almost immediate, but it's not. Um, he's called to meet Winston sometime afterwards, mm. isn't he? Yeah. He, he, in, but... in Central Park. Yes, he uh, gets picked up by um, Cassian. Not Cassian, sorry, it's uh, Sharon. Yeah. The, um, yeah. Um, the boss from the wire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, Lance Reddick. Lance Reddick. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, he sort of takes to um, Central Park, where he's basically sort of like told, like, well, this is what's going to happen. Um, you've got an hour to your excommunicado, because I have no choice on doing that. Uh, high table of, like, taking a bounty on your head. You know, mm. so in other words, you've got everyone running after you, gunning for you, and you've got no, like, safe sanctuary. You're in the middle of a city of 8 million people. Yeah. Almost literally in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, um, quite literally. And you've got yeah, but you've basically got an hour. And of yeah, course literally. we've we've already had it set up earlier in the film that their mobiles tend to get buzzed. Mm. And we can't always tell who's an assassin and who's not. So he's 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 sort of jogging down the street nervously with the dog alongside him, just looking furtively in every mm. direction, of thinking, course, where is this going to come from? Of course, everyone's, everyone's phone's coming off when we've seen all these... And, like... he's, and, 
and he's in and he, he's been injured anyway. Hmm. Um, it's uh, it, it it you know it it is it does what it says on the tin. It finished, and I just wanted part three immediately. Yeah, and I had to come. I had to go through a process with part three to accept what it was rather than what I wanted. Yeah, part three pays off this sort of. But this whole John Wick against the world scenario where that sort of 10 minutes we had a little bit earlier in the film is feature length. We don't really get, not in that way. Um, we sort of do. We get it early in the film, but it doesn't take up much of the running time. Um, so, But yeah. we'll talk about but, that next week, though, because that's... Yeah. Um... I'll go very quickly on final thoughts just because I've got an awful lot to add. All I really want to say is I think it's the weakest of the three. I don't think that's an insult to the film. It's got a clunky setup. The action is starting to show. It sounds bizarre for a second entry, but it's age. You need to, you know, it's recycling part one's action, whereas part three takes the same sort of styles, but does something fresh and new with them. Um yeah, it's weaker than John Wick, but it's still it's still very strong. We're doing pretty well two films into this franchise. Yeah, I I would say I'm uh, I, I agree it's probably the weakest one, but then it's the middle one. It kind of does what it needs to do though. Uh, it makes you want to watch the third. Oh, it's film. got a hell of an ending. Yeah, it's it makes you want. Of... It makes you want to watch the third film like immediately. Uh, I think. I think uh, Ruby Rose is probably a weak link as well. Uh, the by the time we get to the end fight, I mean it it it, it does look cool. The whole thing with the mirrors, that whole sequence. It's, it's not it's not Ruby but, Rose being bad because she's Ruby Rose. No, it's the way it's, the characters. Yeah, it's not even the way the characters written. It's the amount the characters written. There's hardly any of it there. Yeah, yeah. she's just not in it enough. Really, she she's never built as uh, a threat. You never buy her as a threat at all. Um, Sadly, so by so by, by the time like you sort of she's like it's down to like her and John. You think like, well, that doesn't that's that doesn't that's not gonna last long. And you know what? It doesn't. It's, it's not even like a a really major fight or anything. So uh, yeah, it, that's got a bit of a, that's got a bit of a sort of man with the golden gun via sort of enter yeah. the dragon feel to it, doesn't it? Yeah, well, the mirrors. I mean, that, yeah. that that's kind of what they were going for, apparently. They were kind of like, before they sat down, they kind of, I kind of want to like, pay homage to uh, uh, Enter the Dragon with the mirror scene. I would think do, it's like, Enter the it... Dragon more than Man with the Golden Gun. Yeah. But the, the lighting of it's got a hint of the Man with the Golden Gun yeah. as well. Because oh, the, the, the Enter the Dragon sequence doesn't have an awful lot of lighting in it, actually. Mm. Um, so, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, but it looks great. Um, yeah, Jackson's still better than most films you see anyway um and it's still highly enjoyable it's got it's got you know great moments uh common's great in it as well uh you know franco yeah he's really good franco Nero is like basically the perfect choice to to cast like um you know for the the head of you know the the italian version of the continental he's like well franco Nero, surely um <laughs> but yeah it's um it's absolutely fine. Keanu is great in it. Um, so yeah, Becca. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, a little bit as they say, baggier than than last time. Um, but yeah, it's just definitely the series for sure. And well, even though I've still only seen the first two films, um, third film incoming. Um, it's certainly one of the most stylish films I've seen in a long, long time. Um, looks good, sounds good, really. As you say, it's kind of very stylishly shot, um, weaving into those. Um, 
sort of trademarks of you know as you say like the western western and kind of samurai genre of movies as well but yeah very much looking forward to the third installment but having said that though i feel i know fuck all about this film dave don't know about you i was just worrying about the same thing chris you took the words right out of my mouth i'm sat here going hang on a minute how can we look ahead to part three when we've had all these weeks off so we've forgotten part one already um i think i got part one and the first film mixed up so so listeners eagerly listeners will notice i sort of said fart one then but anyway, <laughs> i was gonna say um but anyway so we've kind of forgotten part one and we're underinformed on part two yet we're racing on irresponsibly to part three chris i know i feel like maybe if there was some sort of way there were like some sort of facts of some sort that could help us. Well, I, what what we need is, you know, somebody on the show who's been pretty much quarantined at home and had time to read up on this shit. <laughs> stuck at home. Oh my gosh. Becca, tell us about this film. It's a really interesting... I'm trying to sort of think of fan facts because they're not fan facts, it's fun facts. You've been listening to Jerry Anderson, haven't you? Actually, you know what? I haven't, actually. For the last five, six weeks, I've actually not listened. That's not nothing wrong but it's just it's stuck in my brain and obviously doing that quiz the other night except you now hate jerry anderson and do not put it in my brain. do not endorse the podcast anymore <laughs> i do um, um i know where has they have where uh, whereas they have fun facts they don't have fun facts like we do so obviously at the top of the movie um yeah this did you notice you went for whereas then and said warehouse whereas <laughs> Brain fart, it happens a lot. Um, Yeah, so during this film, Keanu Reeves came up with the possibly greatest quote of all time. It's Quantum Baby. Um, So in the Kamehameha de Mayo show back in 2017, I think it was the 17th of February, um, promoting this film, Um, obviously an interview with Simon Mayo. I think it occurs around like the 10 and a half minute mark. Let me just have a look. I've got 10.43. Um, a write, somebody writes in and says, you know, is John Wick a hero or an anti-hero? And Keanu's answer was, it's Quantum Baby, it's both. So, which I think is, is pretty cool and it's the most greatest movie quote of all time. <laughs> um, Shame wasn't using Quantum of Solace, isn't it? Uh, yes. Yeah, 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 ironically, that film is not Quantum at all. <laughs> no. Although Quantum of Solace does effectively mean a measure of comfort, and you can make an argument for why that film's called that. So I don't really have a problem, but it was a bit tortured. Yeah. I suppose it's kind of, yeah, kind of running out of Fleming titles now, aren't they? So. Well, they have done, haven't they? I, mean, I think that was, the, was yeah, the last sort of one to, to be used, but I think, I don't know, unless you start raiding, I don't know, The Property of a Lady and suddenly remake Octopus again for the nth time. Um, yeah, a couple of other fun facts about the movie. Um, this time around, um, the dog obviously frees from um, from imminent euthanasia. Uh, American Bully, which is like a new breed, probably around the 1980s, derived from the bulldog. Um, American Staffy, personally, I think, is no such thing. And English bulldogs and their breeding. Um, but it's now re- recognised as a separate breed in their own right. Um, but not yet recognised officially by the UK or American Kennel Club. Um, and unlike pit bulls, are not banned in the UK. So, yay. Uh, fun fact number two, this is the first time since Keanu Reeves and Lawrence Fishburne worked together since the Matrix Revolutions in 2003. I think that's why, obviously, we talked about... Um, what's his character name again? <laughs> the Bowery King. Yeah. 
Sorry, Morpheus. that was really bad. I just forgot the whole thing. Morpheus, that was it. Oh, was sorry, it. the Matrix. Um, but yeah, that was. I think it's difficult to kind of define his role in this film. Not only is he's kind of like the the, the head of the homeless network, if that makes sense. Um, but it's, it's literally. I don't feel like shoehorned into this film, but it's literally just so they could be seen on screen together. You know, since since that film, um, John Wick has a line. I guess you have a choice, um, which pops up quite a few times in, in the Matrix movies themselves. <coughs> uh, we also mentioned Ares. Ares is a Greek god of war. Cassian also could also refer to the name of Roman saint, uh, or saint even. Um, I'm trying to skip ahead here. And Franco Nero's character is also called Julius, so it could be a reference to Julius Caesar. Um, and the character Aurelio could be a reference to Marcus Aurelius. I think that's a bit of a stretch. Yeah. Um, but obviously this film takes place much of the place in, in Rome, so there's lots of lots of references there to, to Greek and Roman icons. Um, and my final fun fact about this movie, Chapter 2 has the highest body count of all of the three so far John Wick films. The first one, 77 people died, and this one, I think 128 people he managed to shoot up. And coming soon in the third film, I think 98 people snuff it. Um, so who knows what the body count will be in the next movie. But that's my fun fact. Uh, out in future, I'd like to see like a like a tally of like body count. <laughs> somebody will keep. But I'm sure somebody somewhere on. has done a video. Yeah, just while the film's on, just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> ding, ding, make it. Yeah, ding, it's, it must make that little sort of cash register noise each time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally. Ding. But basically, yeah. like that gag in uh, in uh, uh, Hot Shots Part Two. Oh yeah. Where it's like where it's like more than RoboCop, more than Total Recall. <laughs> Bloodiest yeah, film ever. With that bit of <laughs> levity at the end, I can honestly say that's fun, folks. <laughs> yeah. And uh, blimey, is 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 that it? Are we done already? That's quick. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. quick, yeah. folks. Now we're talking about not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's quick, folks. And the first forty-five minutes was just filler. Let's be honest, but it's historic. <laughs> it's historic filler. Yes. It's very Relevant. historic on this day that Majesty yeah. the Queen dis- addressed the nation for probably the fourth or fifth time. Outside since. of Christmas, yeah. She does it every year, but like not outside of that. <laughs> it was outside of that, outside of that, this is probably like... Well, what else has there know. been? I think she did one on her last sort of jubilee. I think she did one when Diana died. Yeah, Diana, Jubilee, um, Falklands. What was the other one? I wrote it down. I'm keeping a diary. She did one. She did one when the, uh, the first Iraq War. Yes, that was it. Um, I don't know if she did one for the Falklands, did she? All right, okay. Four or five times, I'm going to say. So. Yeah, we 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 are now at war in that place. You twats probably think is in Scotland anyway. That's even clear. Falklands has been invaded. They yeah. go off the coast of Argentina. Yeah. No, at the time when the Falklands invasion first happened, like they surveyed people and most people placed it in Scotland. They got mixed up yeah, with Yeah, they didn't Falkland. know where it was. Yeah. Like, and I yet, remember, not you know. what you think they are. <clears> yeah. <throat> anyway. As for social media, you can find me at the Pasty Kids 1976 on Twitter. Well, you can find me at Cinetrots on Twitter. You can also find all the podcasts and uh, of all the previous Bond series and all the other series we, we have done on Cinetrots.co.uk. And you can follow us on Twitter at Expect Us to Talk. Well, uh, I'm on Tinderhooks to find out what we're covering next. 
That's good, because I will tell you. So yes, coming next, do you expect a top goal return with John Wick 3, Parabellum? Uh, 